Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Scoop with Steve Football. I'm your host, Stephen Clinton, an NFL film junkie slash data scientist. I'm excited to dive into a couple takeaways on the New England Patriots. But before I do, I want to give you an idea of what I'm doing here now that I've got a better idea of what Scoop with Steve Football will look like in 2023. So essentially, uh, right now I'm working through 2022 NFL tape as I get my machine learning model ready for the upcoming season. I'm uh, going to use that machine learning model to uh, project game outcomes and fantasy statistics throughout the 2023 season. And uh, that fits into the bigger picture plan, which is uh, NFL game pass willing uh, to get back on a schedule where I watch uh, the tape of every single game in the week after the game. Um, so uh, it's a schedule that I maintained from 2018 to 2020 before some uh, hiccups with uh, NFL game pass uh, derailed that in 2021 and uh you know it takes me uh, two to two and a half hours to go through each game so it's uh you know pretty big time commitment and have to uh plan for it so uh but as i say uh plan is to be doing that for the 2023 season uh for whatever reason i uh, i dig doing this so uh this time around i'll uh, also be telling the story of the season as i see it so uh, i want to be locked and loaded when the uh, week one film uh hits uh game pass which is why i'm going through all the 2022 film which you know i had watched uh, to some degree during the season but i uh, had not watched as thoroughly as I have in past years. So I just want to uh, check out as much as I can and get as uh, many uh, images downloaded into my mind before the season gets started here. So um, yeah, and then, you know, once the 2023 season kicks off, I'll be uh, doing a daily content, throwing out thoughts on everything from uh, film observations to fantasy football, gambling, roster construction, and analytics, as well as I'm sure some just totally random thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, I'll get plenty wrong, uh, hopefully less than I get right on the gambling front, but uh, at the very least, it uh, will all be obsessive researched uh you know whether it's well researched or not i'll leave that up to you so anyways uh the theme of today's uh show for the patriots is uh what would need to happen for Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien to thread the needle and get this Patriots offense rolling in 2023? So I guess before we get to a couple of players on the New England offense that I want to highlight, who I think would have to play a pretty big role for this to be, you know, an above average offense. Um, you know, I want to talk about why I say, you know, thread the needle. Um, and, and you know, it's it's pretty simple there. Uh, it, it's because I think that Mac Jones's skill set offers a, a, a narrow margin for error around him. So, you know, the biggest defense that I've heard of Mac Jones, uh, you know, especially over the past year where things did not go so great for New England. Um, well, I guess there's two, right? It, of course, this past year, there was, you know, the whole circus around the, the Matt Patricia and Joe Judge play calling tandem. And and certainly, I don't think that Mac Jones was helped out in any regard uh, by the by the fact that he had to, to work with those two uh, as his offensive play callers. Um, but the, the other big defense I've heard of Mac Jones is that, you know, this guy was the um, had had the best results um, during his rookie season of, of the 2021 NFL draft class, which was, you know, that uh, heralded draft class that featured five quarterbacks. And, um, you know, I think that we could, um, you know, debate, um, you know, who who showed more upside in that season between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, but certainly Mac Jones had, had the better season from a number standpoint, from a win-loss standpoint, everything like that. But that said, uh, I'm not sure how meaningful <laughs> that is uh given how things went for the 2021 quarterback class now obviously when we went into the draft uh process that year you would have thought that being the the best 
player as a rookie, um, it's just, yeah, say best player as a rookie, um, would have been a, a really meaningful accomplishment. But, you know, you had Trevor Lawrence struggling through the Urban Meyer experience down in Jacksonville. Um, and then beyond that, you had Justin Fields thrown to the Wolves in Chicago. Um, Trey Lance didn't play for San Francisco. And then, you know, Zach Wilson is the, the worst quarterback to be taken in the first round since Johnny Mansell. So, you know, the... I would agree uh, with, with the general statement that Mac Jones had the best year of all those rookies uh, during their rookie season, but I would disagree with, with the idea that that is um, some sort of a meaningful data point or, or observation because I didn't think Mac Jones was any better than the 24th best quarterback in the NFL as a rookie. And so that's great that he was the best of the rookies. But I didn't think that he played at a particularly high level, right? So, and as we get into, you know, what you've got in Mac Jones and why I don't think that there's a huge ceiling is that, you know, he's just, he's just a very average athlete at the NFL level for the quarterback position. And that shows up in his arm strength or, you know, relative lack thereof. Um, and it shows up in, you know, a limited ability to to extend plays and, and make things happen outside of the pocket. And I'm not saying that Jones can't make throws. I'm not saying that he can't extend plays at times. I'm just saying that, you know, if you've watched Mac Jones on the, the same field as, as Josh Allen, there's, you know, more than a small difference in, in, in physical ability there, right? Um, Mac is just kind of, you know, it, it's kind of the minimum, I think, that you could get by with in the NFL. And um, from a processing standpoint, you know, everybody always wants to, to compare all these guys to Drew Brees. And, you know, at, at some point, it just becomes a, a lazy comparison. And you're, you're throwing out really lofty praise um, quite haphazardly when you you know, compare this many quarterbacks to Drew Brees, because, you know, the reality is that not every short quarterback is Drew Brees. And, you know, Drew Brees, you know, back in his prime, he got a lot of juice on, you know, what was always to me his signature play, which was that big post route that the that the uh, Saints, I'm sorry, I almost said Patriots, that the Saints would throw up the middle of the field. And, you know, I, I remember specifically during uh, my first season, you know, watching film um, on a regular basis, which would have been back in 2014. And I reviewed a lot of the 2013 tape. You know, you saw when Drew Brees ended up getting hurt during that season because he couldn't deliver that ball downfield with the same conviction. And, you know, ultimately, Drew Brees didn't have the same margin for error as, you know, back then I would have you know been talking about Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck as having the biggest arms in the NFL um and, you know Breeze could definitely be super effective pushing the ball down the field with that deep post but at the same time you know once he I think he was dealing with a rib injury at some point that year you know it showed up where he just didn't have that margin for error where that wasn't an easy throw for him that was kind of his maxed out deal but at the same time that maxed out post route from Drew Breeze I don't think that's a ball that that Mac Jones can throw uh frankly I don't think that he gets as, as much juice on the ball as Drew Breeze used to and then when you get into the processing side of the game I mean Drew Breeze was an ultra processor and you know it's just you know, it's tough for any rookie to come into the NFL and be able to process the game at that level period. And then, you know, in, in terms of Mac Jones specifically, I'm not saying that he's lost out there or anything. I think he's a good processor. And I think that things worked, you know, pretty well within the context of the offense that Josh McDaniels was able to provide for him. But even so, I mean, there were some decisions that Mac Jones made with the football down the stretch in his rookie season when, you know, the Patriots were getting closer to the, to the playoffs and things were starting to get tighter on um, that, that were definitely, you know, not decisions I would have expected Drew Brees to have made. So again, you know, not trying to, you know, say that Mac Jones is some terrible processor or decision maker. It's just that I think that when you start throwing that comparison out with Drew Brees, that's just a really, you know, that's really lofty praise. And, 
you just can't know that about a prospect coming out of college because there's no way that they face the sort of mental challenges that Drew Brees was processing through that quickly at the NFL level. So, you know, um, anyway, that, that's, you know, my, my soapbox on, on Mac Jones. Uh, so, you know, again, I think that, you know, could Mac Jones be, you know, a Kirk Cousins in the NFL? I think absolutely. I think that if you drop him into, say, you know, that Minnesota offense and get him throwing passes to Justin Jefferson, you know, the results probably look a lot more like they did at Alabama where, you know, Mac Jones was, you know, putting up amazing results, throwing to, you know, a group that was headlined by current NFL uh, superstar Devonta Smith. And, you know, at times the exceptional Jalen Waddle, not, not, not to mention, you know, Waddle was hurt quite a bit that year, but, you know, he did when he did play, I mean, it's not a surprise he's done what he's done in the NFL. And, and then, you know, of course, they were handing off to Najee Harris. So, yeah, I think that if you've got everything around Mac Jones, you can definitely get really good results. And Mac Jones, like, he doesn't have super arm strength to, you know, gun the ball down the field or, you know, come back late to a vertical route and still be able to throw it. But definitely with timing and rhythm, I think that, you know, Mac Jones can attack all three levels of the field, right? So I, th I, th I think there's a way for this to work. But, you know, ultimately... You know, I don't think that Mac Jones is going to be the guy who's, you know, uh, um, you know, talk about trucks and trailers in the in the move, the six context in terms of, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks love to talk about this. I think that, you know, Mac Jones is definitely a trailer at quarterback. So if Mac Jones is a quarterback or a trailer at quarterback, uh, you know, who who are the players on the, this Patriots offense who could really take it to the next level? And to me, I'm, I'm going to point to two names here and, um, you know. We'll, we'll see what you think about him, but uh, I'm going to talk about running back from Andre Stevenson and then wide receiver type one Gordon. So I think that around them, the Patriots are going to be, you know, solid, if not dominant on the offensive line. Um, you know, it's going to, the offensive tackle um, position is definitely a, a little bit iffy with, with, you know, Trent Brown and uh, Riley Reef, uh, you know, definitely getting up there in age, uh, Riley Reef, especially. And then, you know, what we'll see, Connor McDermott was, you know, all right, uh, filling in at right tackle last year. So I'm not so sure about that. Interior three should be good. Um, and then, you know, they've got um, a number of skill position players where I think you can count on solid contributions um, from Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Hunter Henry, and Mike Kosicki. But I also think there's a cap on what those guys are going to bring to the table in terms of explosiveness. Like, I think that Juju's a good, solid uh, underneath receiver. Devontae Parker is really good on contested catches. Um, you know, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, you know, kind of a similar thing to, to Parker in some ways where, you know, you're talking about big bodies that, you know, understand how to body out and and, and use their size to, to get open. Um, but none of those guys is bringing big time juice in, in terms of speed, right? So if the Patriots are going to make noise in, in the AFC East, which, you know, looks absolutely loaded this year, I think that it's going to be that Ramondre Stevenson and Tyquan Thornton um, tandem that will need to be the reason why. So let's start with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, for, man, for a back this big, he is just strikes me as being just such a smooth runner i mean he, he's agile he's he's got good long speed um for for a, a guy as thick at you know he's six listen six uh, foot 230 pounds and you know I, I think that he definitely has you know a little bit bit of you know get up and go to, to get away from defenders um at, at times so you know it's a, it's a really impressive combination he runs with power as well and then you throw in the fact that stevenson i mean he's not you know some sort of big time route runner but he's definitely got reliable enough hands uh to you know catch screens catch balls in the short areas of the field and when he gets out into open space um and, and he can open up his stride a little bit um you know at his size he he's just going to be a problem right and so you know i think that um 
you know, obviously the, the whole play against the Raiders, you know, that's going to be a low light. Um, obviously don't want to repeat that in the future. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Ramondre Stevenson is just way too talented for the, the Patriots to, you know, turn up their noses at, at what he can bring to the table. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Pierre Strong and, um, gosh, hang on, um, Pierre Strong and Kevin Lewis, I might have that, that backwards. The, the two, uh, I'd have to look it up. The two running backs that they've got behind, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who both, you know, we saw a few snaps from each of them uh, last year, but, you know, n- neither one of them, you know, struck me as somebody who's got, you know, notable juice or, or really has uh, the sort of running traits that Damian Harris brought to the table. Uh, you know, obviously Harris dealt with injuries at times, so he was certainly a big explosive back when he was available. And I didn't, you know, necessarily think that the Patriots have um, that behind Ramondre Stevenson this year. Um, so, you know, I just think it's going to have to be a big year for Stevenson. And if all goes well, then, you know, the physical presence that he's going to provide in the run game, um, you know, if they are able to pay that off over the top uh, to Tyquan Thornton as, you know, de- defenders, you know, creep up a little bit, or, you know, even if they're not creeping up, if their eyes just get stuck in the backfield because they're worried about accounting for, for Ramondre Stevenson in the run game, can open up all sorts of stuff for, for the Patriots in the pass game. And, you know, that's where Tyquan Thornton comes into the picture for me because um, Tyquan Thornton has juice. I mean, he, this guy can just flat out roll um, at, you know, at six foot three. I think he's a really smooth runner. Um, you know, 22 catches last year. So we're talking about a guy who, you know, we're talking about a pretty sizable leap um, from catching 22 passes to being kind of a foundation piece of the offense. Uh, Thornton's also going to need to be available more than he was last year. I think that, you know, maybe he played 13 games or something like that. Um, You know, didn't, did not play the full slate. Um, You know, I'll have to fact check that. uh, The wrong number there, but um, you know, if Thornton is available um, one route that I, I would point to that, um, I included this over on my Substack article um, that that I really thought showed um, Thornton's potential in this offense game against the Cleveland Browns, um, where the Patriots uh, use a motion across to make um, uh, Tyquan Thornton the, the uh, slot receiver um, and, and get greedy Williams on him against the Browns. And Thornton just does a really nice job. They're down in the red zone. He wins with an inside release and quickness right away. And then he just accelerates away to you know keep his leverage going across the field. Now, there were certain advantages on this play. The Browns didn't have a middle safety to take away that inside leverage or anything like that. But at the same time, you saw Thornton understood how to get to the right side of the corner and then how to use his speed to accelerate away to a point where um, Bailey Zappi is actually the quarterback in this game. And he just has a very easy window for the touchdown. So the, you know, it's one play it's one route it's not the end-all be-all but the reason that it stuck out to me is that it's not just him outside releasing and running a vertical up the sideline or him you know getting the ball on a jet sweep and showing off his speed um it's him showing um he understands on at least that seam route how to use his speed to get to an open space on a route that is very repeatable um you know, trying to throw the ball up the sidelines, you know, that, that's a dicey proposition, right? And, and teams are going to catch on to you in the jet sweep game. But, you know, if you're incorporated into the offense running seam routes and stuff like that, that's just a really good way to get the ball in the hands of somebody who can, you know, really get going off, um, w- once the ball is in his hands. And, you know, you think back to, you know, it was obviously a much different player um, it, when the Patriots had Tom Brady at quarterback and Rob Gronkowski at tight end running the uh, running the quick seam off, off of hard play action. But, you know, there's different ways to get to that in today's NFL, whether it's, you know, motioning him down and having, you know, Taekwon Thornton in a stack um, along the line. And you can get away with some of that stuff too, because Taekwon Thornton is 6'3". So he's, you know, 
you could conceivably see him, you know, coming in to, to block somebody in the box occasionally. So I think if you can get Tyquan Thornton in those opportunities where Mac Jones can run hard play action, turn right around and have a speedster, you know, running up the middle. Um, shoot, you can think about the uh, Jordan Love uh, touchdown pass to Christian Watson now. I'm not saying Tyquan Thornton has uh, the, the wheels that Christian Watson has because that dude is just, you know, I mean, he, he's unique. I mean, he's, he's got a, you know, drop, uh, a giraffe length uh, stride. Um, but uh, Tyquan Thornton is plenty um, fast in his own right. So I think that, you know, I don't think Tyquan Thornton has to be a first team all pro for the Patriots to be explosive on offense, but if his numbers could get up to say 60 receptions and his yards per reception goes from, I think it was 11 2 last year up to, you know, maybe someone closer to 14 Um, I think that would be, you know, speak to the fact that the Patriots offense is, is very different and much more dynamic than the offense that we saw uh, over the past two years in new England. And I think that that could make a huge difference. And, you know, ultimately if the Patriots are going to be um, you know, a team that competes for anything meaningful in, in the upcoming season, it's going to be because of a whole team approach that, you know, accounts for their strengths and weaknesses on offense, defense, and special teams, and comes up with a very coherent plan to put that all together. But, you know, given how the defense could be very good, and uh, I did post some thoughts over in my Substack article about uh, what their pass rush could become this year with that group, and obviously got Christian Gonzalez, the highly regarded uh, cornerback out of Oregon in the first round. You know, I think that the offense I've described here with Mac Jones, you know, operating off of a run-heavy um scheme with Ramondre Stevenson kind of being the focal point and then perhaps Tyquan Thornton getting over the top, you know, I think that fits into an approach where you're looking to play good special teams and play, you know, really sound defense. So, you know, we'll see. Um, obviously the AFC East is going to be ultra competitive. I think that the Jets are in you know, really good shape, adding Aaron Rodgers to the roster that they already had in place, which is just an incredibly talented group. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen have been, you know, the class of the division these, these past few years. And, you know, down in Miami, I mean, you talk about, you know, offensive schemers, uh, you know, making a big difference. And I mean, what Mike McDaniel was able to, to draw up there and imagine with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill is just, I mean, I mean, he caught the, caught the NFL off guard in a way. I don't think anything since the zone read uh, stuff coming into Vogue um, really has. So, you know, we'll see. Obviously, uh, you know, the teams teams around the league, uh, you know, came up with some different strategies to defend all that uh, that quick hitting motion RPO stuff that the Dolphins were doing so so well. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be an adjustment. And I, I guess um, that does bring me to a, to a last point here, and that's that um, you know, you might have noticed that I didn't really talk about scheme um, a whole lot in, in this or, or really what Bill O'Brien can bring to the table. And that's because, you know, regardless of how good of a, an offensive coordinator or an offensive mind Bill O'Brien is, you know, you can point to any great coordinator around the league and, you know, their results rise and fall with the talent of the players that they've got on the field. And, you know, ultimately um, with the Patriots fielding, you know, pretty average talent on offense. Um I mean, if Tyquan Thornton doesn't pan out, and I think that they, you know, also drafted a, a kid out of LSU who was very highly regarded down there at one point. I think maybe you booty. I know for Greg Cosell talk about him and, you know, talk about his potential, but, you know, you're talking about a six round pick then. And in today's NFL, I think that you just absolutely need to have some explosive pieces because, you know, the game is just trending more and more towards explosive plays defenses are so hand handcuffed in terms of the tactics they can use this day. And then, these days and then you've got quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes who are just you know total freak shows out there so you know I think you have to be able to put up points in today's NFL I think it's going to continue to trend in that direction and you know right now um the Patriots in some ways have the feel of a team that you know 
the the nothing's gone crashing through the hull of the ship to cause it to take on water too quickly but it's like there's a little leak and it's just getting bogged down and they're getting further and further away from competing for championships and if that's going to be changed i think that they definitely need to get some sort of an explosive element going on offense and and Taekwon Thornton definitely strikes me as their best bet to do that and you know will Bill Bill O'Brien do a better job with with the pieces that he's presented than the the Matt Patricia Joe Judge tag team did I I would expect so but I also don't foresee a scenario where you know Bill O'Brien turns Devontae Parker suddenly into AJ Green and you know uh Mike Gesicki becomes, uh, yeah, I don't know, Travis Kelsey and, um, you know, like so on and so forth, right? You know, he he's going to, you know, hopefully create more advantageous situations, which, you know, really means giving players angles that are advantageous to work from. And, you know, he's going to help them out in that regard. Um, but he's not going to make these guys completely different players. He's not going to turn, you know, receivers who run four, seven, four, eight into receivers who run four, three. And unless they have that explosive element, I think that New England is, ultimately going to be very limited on offense and that's going to really bog them down in a division where it looks like there's going to be a whole lot of firepower available for some of the other teams so um yeah so that's it for the Patriots today uh you know as I mentioned uh posted some thoughts on uh, their pass rush that you can check over on my check out over on my Substack. um I'll be watching some Ravens tape this afternoon I'm getting more and more excited about this new offense with Art Malkin for um or Todd, Todd Monken, I believe, um, with Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, just so many moments where watching Ravens film, it's like, man, th- this offensive scheme, like they're under, you know, Greg Roman, there were things I loved about it, but it, it just never felt like it all fit together. I'll talk more about that tomorrow, but, um, you know, definitely excited to see what the the Ravens put on the field in, in 2023. Um, so, you know, as always, uh, thanks for tuning into Scoop to See Football. If you can't tell, I love talking NFL ball. And uh, if you enjoy listening or watching the YouTube show, uh, so much the better, <laughs> you know, like subscribe all that good stuff i'll I'll be putting out the show either way uh hope y'all have a great summer day